0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford. I'm the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, and it's a great honor to be able to be here and reach out to my congregation as well as those who are joining with us across the miles who are part of the Saints Network family. I am so grateful today to have the privilege of sharing a passage of Scripture from Isaiah chapter 35. And so there is no teaching sheet today, so if you want to begin to collect that on whatever device you're viewing or your Bible... That would be terrific. I want to especially say to those of you who have expressed greetings to me on this birthday that I appreciate your kindness. I am not inviting a flood of people um, because of this, (laughs) because of this, thanks. Uh, I'm not I'm not eliciting or attempting to elicit a flood of people also saying happy birthday. Birthdays have never been, well, when I was a kid, birthdays meant something because you know, you were you were another year older. You were getting closer to be recognized as something more than just a kid. And it also meant that you actually got cake and you got presents. Some people today, older, mature people, uh, they they relish the birthday celebration. If you don't do it just right, man, you you are, you are gonna pay the price. Some people have birthday celebrations that just go on and on and on. But for me, I've, you know, you know, personally, I've never really. It's nice, to celebrate, but, I don't really look at it as a, as a, as a red letter day in my, in my calendar, Um, you know, it's, it's funny because when you, when you start getting older and we're all getting older, uh, it's, it's the passing of years just kind of goes by with great speed. And you don't, you know, you don't look at A birthday is something that is a sign of growth or, you know, coming into a new season of of uh, maturity. And, um, you know, now that I'm this age, I can drive a car or now that I'm in this age, I can vote now that I'm this age, I'm able to do this or able to do that. You know, I can rent a car you know, all those things were really milestones when you were younger. But now, you know, I guess at certain age you you start thinking, okay, I'm retirement age, or I've got to go on Medicare now, whether I want to or not, or you know, I can start uh, I can start accessing Social Security now. You know, you think those things, but uh, to me. Life just kind of goes on. And, you know, you you become reflective of the things that matter in your life. And perhaps you're reflective as to why God put you on this earth to begin with. So many people have no idea what their true calling is in God. They have agendas or they just drift through life or they operate from a prideful perspective to where they want everybody to acknowledge them because they've done this or they've done that. But the greatest blessing that anyone could know is to realize why God has... Placed you here and what what it is that you're actually supposed to be doing for him. And I, I must admit that I over the if I reflect back on seasons of life when I was a teenager, I thank God I was a born again person and I was spirit filled whatever that meant I spoke in tongues and I I thought that life was a time of living and experiencing the blessing of God you wanted to live a good life you wanted to honor the word of God you wanted to witness You wanted to be ready. I was jokingly thinking this morning about things that happened in the 1970s in a spiritual way. And it was during that time, the, the idea of the Second Coming being a reality that was depicted in film and in books and in... Simply, the the public mindset was was extreme. You had the Thief in the Night movies. You had, uh, at the end of the 70s, you had that horrible film, The Exorcist, come out, which caused a lot of people to flip out, which it should have, and caused a lot of people to come to know the Lord, which was a good benefit of it. But it was a strange time. And we heard so many things about Jesus coming again. The rapture was going to happen at any moment. You had the late great planet Earth. Hal Lindsey's book, you had, uh, you know, an emphasis on UFOs, the chariots of the gods and those kinds of things. And people were in the midst of a tumultuous time frame with a Vietnamese war going on full bore and we were still in the the flow pattern of the civil rights movement and you had a lot of uh open overt drug usage and people dropping out and yeah really becoming uh, i it, it was a strange time and that was that was part of what i grew up in and you know the churches would flow back and forth into if you know I'm sure that if you were in a mainline church you may not have paid attention to any of this but for anybody that was in a fundamental church there were flow patterns that happened and you just you know you trusted the lord but you lived in fear in so many ways Mo- many of the sermons were geared toward fear there was a fear gear and they were He wanted to scare people into salvation. And I guess the ends justify the means in that. But for a Christian, you just, you lived your life trying to be a good person. You wanted to be ready. And honestly, while that's a good thing, it doesn't really speak very much to why you're here on this earth. You know, God didn't just put you here so you could hear the gospel message and become born again and then be ready. You should be doing something eternally. You should be fulfilling what God ordained for you from the foundation of the world. Many Christians don't have that concept. They don't. And I'm not faulting them. I'm just stating a fact. And it's, it's a tragedy. That's so many good people we're not talking about scallywags we're talking about good people just live this life trying to do nice things and just to be ready if the rapture comes or when you die whichever comes first and there's there's really no idea of what larger picture God has for your life. And so I think that, of course, I, I look back over my life. I'm so grateful to have been raised in a Pentecostal home. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful to have been watched over by the Lord, to have been able to study the scriptures, in a, in a foundational way from the time I was a little boy I'm so grateful as I look back over the decades how God has really directed my life I, that's a good thing for, for all of us to do whether it's your birthday or not <laughs> my, my parents were good people they were largely uneducated By that, I mean neither of them really made it out of grade school. My mom made it halfway through grade school. So for me, I didn't have a whole lot of career planning going on in my household, which in in a way was a good thing because it kept me as a clean slate where I could just be innocent enough to follow the pathway of the Lord I look back and I think, you know, there were some really unique opportunities that were given to me when I was in high school that would have altered the course of what I became. And as I look back on them, I think, man, that was quite, a, that, was, that was an amazing opportunity. Because I had no direction in the house, um, I, I didn't bite on them. People around me said, man, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you accept that? And I was just innocent enough that I didn't realize what was being offered. So in a way, that was good because then I was unencumberedly following the pathway of entering into training for the ministry. You think about different juncture points in your life. And had you taken a different turn, or had you made a uh, an alternative decision, how that would have affected everything from that point. For some of you, it may have affected who you married, or whether you had children or not. And, 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 and if you had children, who your partner would have been to help to create them. I you know, it's it's just amazing to me. I think if I had taken other courses that were openly offered in the seventies, I wouldn't have been probably God can do anything, but chances are I would not have been in the ministry. I would I wouldn't have ended up being in Dallas and right or in a good way or a bad way. What would that have meant to where God established the Saints Network? Where would that then have left you? Not to say anything about my importance. I'm just saying the course of action. And so we look over our lives and we see that God has directed us. Some people made in their life, what's a good word? ridiculous decisions that somehow God winked and brought them out of and get them back on the right path. But we have been, as saints, brought to, to quote a phrase, such a time as this. And we have been granted by God incredible understandings of His Word and phenomenal opportunity to serve Him throughout the world in preparing the saints to serve before the throne of God, to be intercessors, to be sons of the Most High, not just in the family, but sons, to be joint heirs with Christ, and to serve Him obediently during this most crucial standpoint stand and time frame in the history of mankind and i i think back of all the many blessings that god has given to me and i rejoice in him for his love for his guidance for his long suffering and but i think of all the blessings that i have received of course being born again, spiritually, let's talk spiritually, because when you start listening these off, well, what about this and what about that? You didn't mention me. Let's talk about the Lord here, okay? Being born again is the greatest blessing. But then, receiving an understanding of what it means, what it truly means to intercede as a saint, And to serve the Heavenly Father and to know Him. That's, in my Christian life, after being born again, that's the most wonderful gift that I could have ever received. Because it really does empower partnership with God. And it it brings about your opportunity to serve Him. In that partnership according to what his eternal will eternal will is for you to to have that opportunity and that blessing is a great great gift and so I want to thank the father for that gift as I have the privileges of sitting here at this microphone addressing a family of Saints and you know, I so grateful that on the Facebook Saints Network Facebook page Monica posted a number of photos of different places that ministry has evolved and people that have become family around the world and th- this was just a brief snapshot you know, I particularly like the one with Pastor Faladin from Nigeria, and uh, those Nigerian men—they—they they know how to dress in a dapper fashion. In fact, the other African nations I've heard them talk about it are are always mystified by the flair by which African uh, Nigerian men dress. But I won't go too further too much further there. I remember having a a really hilarious conversation with some brothers uh, while in Ghana. We were sitting at the hotel and a Nigerian man walked by and to to hear the conversation of these men from Ghana and to hear them just giggle and laugh, it was so priceless, it was so funny. And I'm not mocking and I'm not mocking anybody. This is just it would be like somebody from Missouri talking about Texans in their cowboy hats or me talking about visiting uh, my my precious friends in Tucson and and uh, talking about Jerry wearing the various hats that he wears. I mean, I'm not mocking anybody. I'm just saying that is a typecast, you know, when when a lot of our. French um, saints began to come and attend our seminars. So many of them would say that they thought that everybody in the United States, this is true, I'm not making this up, they thought that everybody in the United States, particularly Texas, but everybody in the United States had a gun on them at all times and that we all had horses that we rode. And there were a number of other really unique viewpoints that they had about us in america and of course i said i've never owned a gun i had bb pistols and rifles but but i never owned a gun and i've never owned a horse i remember riding horses at all my friends from arizona are going to laugh at me now riding horses at um different uh fairs or uh, you know different things that I went to as a young boy one of my favorite ones was going to see Clayton Moore I did not know who this is Clayton Moore was the Lone Ranger on television and he didn't make a whole he did not make a whole lot of money as the Lone Ranger I was watching a documentary and I think he made during a couple of the seasons, like $50 an episode. That's not a whole lot of money. So he had to do a lot of side gigs. So he and Silver were at a amusement park that I went to because the mill that my father worked in had a West, Westview Park day. And so all the all the union members got tickets for them and their family which is the only way I was going to go to anything like that because we didn't have money to do that kind of thing but there was the Lone Ranger Clayton Moore and you could you could go up and shake his hand and he gave me a, a little silver bullet and it uh, on the on the strike point it says the Lone Ranger and it was empty of course it was a fake bullet but uh, I still have that, and Silver was there, and uh, he said, "Would you like to, would you like to pet, Silver?" I must have been like eight, nine years old, the twins' age, and so I stood over there and petted, petted the uh, Silver, and they took a picture, which I guess would have been available for purchase. Of course, we didn't have the money for that, and we didn't have any instamatic cameras with us, but. You know, that's the closest I came to owning a horse. <laughs> but it was a famous horse. Hi-ho, silver. Away. But the the ideas of, of what people are in different parts of the world are, are really funny. You know, when I went to France, I was surprised that I didn't see a whole lot of berets on men. I mean, when you were growing up you here, you always thought that men in France wore berets and i'm sure at some point they did otherwise it would not have been a thing that we that we remembered in our in our association with that country now you could buy berets a lot of the tourist shops had them it's plastered on the side i love paris or whatever but i was surprised that i didn't see um, a lot of berets on on men So, um, but I I looked at that montage of pictures and I thought, God, this is all because you allowed us to hear your voice and be used by you in intercession and in developing this calling of of the biblical calling of being a saint. And... You opened doors and continue to do so throughout the world for us to go and to spread this identity, to open people's eyes that there's more to life than just knowing the fundamental things in Christianity, knowing how to ask God to do things for you, and... Um, just biding your time as a good person for heaven you go there right now you can pray you can be before the throne of grace you can allow god to use you that is that is a great great gift and i'm so thankful as i look back over my life for that privilege there's a whole lot of work yet to do there's Many open doors. We, we want to be faithful to our Father and we want to accomplish those things that are, that are precious to Him. Because it's all about serving Him. To do the will of the One who sent us. That's what Jesus said and that's what we should do. To be like Jesus begins with that. You know, when, when we talk about, we sing that song, To be like Jesus to be like jesus of course that sounds like that sounds like so many other songs <laughs> this land was made for you and me <laughs> this land is your land this land is my land oh, i don't know if california california or the new york island are really ours but it uh, seems like it's up for grabs right now but That song sounds a lot like that. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus from California. You know, what does it mean to be like Jesus? You know, think about that. We used to sing that. What does it mean to be Christ-like Christian? What exactly do we do that is like him? Oh, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Well, Jesus didn't accept himself as a Savior. That's a beginning point for you. It's an entry point. It should be toward the beginning of your development as as uh, growth in in sonship. But you think about the things that Jesus did. He was in prayer. He was seeking the Father. He was seeking to do the will of the Father. He was teaching others to do that, not just to get them in the born-again club, but making disciples, teaching them to pray, to know the Father, to do His will. And there are a number of other things that our Lord did, and you want to be like Jesus That's really what you need to pursue. And honestly, I look at the way God has led us as saints. So many of those revolutionary things are things that Jesus did. That we, just as believers, often thought, well, that was Jesus, you know. It was a one-off. He just did those things to make the way for us. Well, no, you know, if you're going to be like Jesus, you, you have to do those things too. What about dying on the cross? Well, there's only one. There's only one sacrifice. But we take up our cross and go where the Father says and we establish that cross to lay claim to the histemes in the place where God has called us. So if if we're going to follow the Father, then we then we must oh, if we're going to seek the Father as Jesus did, the Father is looking for those who will proskuneo. The Father is wanting you to take up your cross and follow. So all of those things are are endemic to being like Jesus and these are things that as saints the Spirit of the Lord has guided us into on the basis of the patterns of Scripture that's one of the things that I am also grateful for that I didn't realize it at the time but uh, when I was training In college and in seminary, I did not focus on counseling, even though you had to have counseling courses, and I've done my share of that. But the focus all along was on the study of the Word. And, you know, I didn't diversify. You know, I didn't go after specialties like administration or other things that people in my peer group were doing. and Obviously <laughs> from an administrative standpoint to have been able to to stay here at this place for 40 years in, in, in uh, light of all the transitions and all the things that God has done and still be able to manage and keep this place up, obviously I didn't suffer from not having a lot of those administration, administration courses. However, I do recognize that having that training was something that God needed me to have in order to do the things that we all do regarding the study of the Word now. And so you see in your life things that God led you to or crucial decisions that were made at the time You thought, well, yeah, I think this is the right thing, but you had no idea the ramifications of that decision and how God could preserve you and keep you from other things. Things that I thought at the time was the will of God, and I tried as hard as I could, prayed. I remember graduating from college and I was newly married. And of course, what you gotta do then is you gotta go out and get a point of ministry. You gotta get a job because if you if you start working at the mall chances of you actually entering into the ministry are going to be slim and nil with every passing year so you wanted to get a job so started interviewing for or sending out resumes and nothing nothing and i thought lord it's your will for me to be serving in a church somewhere as an associate pastor but that door by God's grace did not open and all the prayers everybody was praying everybody had their eyes open where where can they be where should they go all kinds of suggestions because it was the will of God for me to go right then But God had other plans. So my idea of what the will of God was did not involve going on to seminary. I thought I had learned all I needed to learn. I was grateful to get out of that school. But because I had nothing else to do, one day the Lord just put it on my heart. Well, you're here. Why don't you just go on to seminary? And so I did, but it wasn't because I thought this is the will of God for me to go on and get a master's and perhaps even a doctorate further. And throughout that summer after graduation, I took a couple of classes and then a friend of mine who's since passed away, he had found that there was an opportunity to Harvard University was opening up their divinity school and he was basically going, gonna go there as a free ride, and they were looking for other people who had a, a similar background as him from Pentecostal movement. He said, "Why don't you come up there? You know, we can, you know, we can study together. You know, we can help each other out up there in in, uh, in the Northeast." And you know, and I thought, man, that's a great idea. They're gonna Harvard. They're gonna pay for this, and God said no, no, and even coming down to Dallas, we went, uh, we went, we were looking at schools down here because my in-laws live down here, and we went over to TCU, and man, you would have thought that the guy that was the head of the ministerial department, ministerial studies over there, you'd have thought that I was Santa Claus just dropping down out of the chimney. He was so enthused that somebody with my specific background would be interested in going to this rather prestigious school. And and they were laying it out. You know, if you come here, we'll give you all these scholarships and it'll be, you know, and I'd think, man, this is interesting. Is this your will, God? You are opening this door Nope, that's not it. And so throughout life, a lot of times, especially not knowing God in the way we know him now, even now you still have to wait on God. But a lot of things that you would have thought, this is the will of God. This is really what God wants. Look at this open door. You should go there only god could open a door like that it may not be the will of god and so i'm thankful for the way as i reflect god meticulously orchestrated the path to for us to be what we're supposed to be i pray that it continues and i believe that it will for all of us because this memory lane kind of a message that i'm uh, unexpectedly giving here is is not just for me how has God directed your life how has he brought you through points of success points of high uh, dwe- high level um, existence and challenging moments and yet through all of that only God, could weave your life and your pathway to this moment and you find the pearl of great price, you find the identity that God has really created you to be, I've never understood people that find that and then turn away from it. I mean, I I can't fathom that. Having found what God really from His throne, has given you to be and to do, and then saying, eh, no, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's a challenge to me. But for those of us who have walked in the light and found His calling, I know that this is such a strategic gift from God, and it's the gift of gifts for anyone who is born again now i wanted to share with you today something that happened yesterday during saints radio and revisited itself this morning here in the sanctuary just an aroma of i think what what was be almost like a rose but it it was a floral thing but it was unlike any flower that i've ever registered um, and it was just profound just just here and and there's no reason and you know our sanctuary there's no reason for that there's there's no we don't have a gift shop with with a florist we don't have any open bouquets I remember when I first became pastor here, there was a uh, a tradition that every week we had to have a bouquet a large bouquet of fresh flowers up on the communion table which used to sit in front of the the pulpit and it was delivered and you you on sunday morning and so you had to get that thing and tote it into there to the sanctuary put it put it on the on the all on, on the the communion table and there were some flowers that would be in there who had a uh, a stem uh, it they had as part of the of the bloom uh, different types of pollen and they would get on your shirt and you could not get that off and I hated that and I was grateful to have to wear a suit at that point because you know, it would cover up those pollen stains, but we don't have anything like that around here anymore. Sandra hasn't brought a a, a flower arrangement in recently, so to have a wafting aroma of, of r- roses was was really unusual, and I I believe that it every now and then that happens. But I, I believe it's a sign. It has to be. It has to be. And so I looked at the two passages that really speak about roses. And one of them is the Song of Solomon. And the other one is on Isaiah 35. And Isaiah 35, verse 1 says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice. And blossom as the rose. It shall bloom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense he, shall, he will come and save you. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. I've heard a lot of dumb people sing in my life. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. I shall not be found there, it shall not be found there, and the redeemed shall walk there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What a tremendous passage that is. And it, it's found in the book of Isaiah at a really unique time frame. Because it's right before Rabshakeh comes, and begins to torment Hezekiah and the people of God. God spoke prophetically to Isaiah. And the rose blooming in the desert. The um, the Carmel and Sharon. Carmel is, is its name. I know it's a mount, but it's also a name that means a fruitful place. Um, Sharon was kind of a coming off the mountains, going toward the sea, and it was basically a wayfaring place. It was transient. And so basically undeveloped territory will be fruitful, And will be the place where roses grow. I think that's an amazing thing, especially when you think about the highway of the desert being turned, the encouragement for people to not give place to weakness and weariness, but to keep pressing forward um, so that we, uh, we can see God turn the wilderness into a place of great victory. And so I thought, and I believe this is accurate, that this sign from God is a sign for us as a saint's network in the days that are coming. An encouragement to us to be vigilant and to not give up. The the greatest days in our walk with God are ahead of us And we must prepare ourselves and we must anticipate. And we must, just as miraculously as this mysterious fragrance of the flowers has come here these past day or so, even so, the fulfillment of what God has promised will materialize. We just have to position ourselves and be ready for what it is that He's wanting to do. And I, I'm so grateful for that, what I believe is a sign about what's coming. The pathway for the righteous nation, the wilderness places, the, the dry places, the deserts, all knowing the visitation of God and the glory of the Lord being revealed there. They shall see the glory of Yahweh, the glory of of Yahweh, the the privilege of partnering with God in something that He's ordained to do, that He has called you to partner with Him in so that you can see the manifestation of His presence and His power and the fulfillment of His promise. And this is according to His plan, the plan of Yahweh. What a glorious thing. What a wonderful thing. And so I know this has been a strange broadcast. I spent a lot of time reflecting, but hey, give the older man a break, okay? Uh, hopefully it has helped you to look at your life and say, yes, God, you have guided me to this place, and I cherish what you have called me to be. And I am, I am going to do my best with no matter How much time you give us as saints to fulfill this job i'm going to do my best to honor you and we are seeing and will continue to see the things that god is is doing i'm pouring a glass of water for myself if you hear that um we're going to see god do miraculous things in places where we may have never thought could 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 be possible, and so we have to we have to strengthen the weak hands and confirm the me, the feeble knees or the meable fees. Uh, God is God is really extending Himself to us as an encouragement and as a strength. So let's let's reach out to Him and let's let's view our lives and say. God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep pressing forward in you. I'm going to do the things you have called me to be. I'm going to cherish the ways that you have prepared for me to serve you within. And I'm going to believe you that the miracles that you have promised, we're going to see them and we're going to rejoice in you. This is our God. And it is our calling, and it is the greatest gift that any Christian can know. And I I reiterate again, those of you who hear that, well, the greatest gift was finding Jesus. I said Christian, which presupposes that you've actually already found Jesus. And to me... One of the greatest travesties of being a Christian for decades is watching people who accept Jesus but then never go forward to actually becoming a disciple and to do the things that He patterned for us. It's a travesty. So that blessing of knowing God and walking in Him is something that is our gift. And I I want to thank the Father for this on behalf of the saints around the world. And I pray that we will be those that represent His calling and who do not surrender or give up, but keep pressing forward to seeing what God will do. Because it's not by might or by power, but it's by His Spirit. Just as that smell of the rose... Has come, so will the miracle power come to fulfill what God has promised. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful family of saints. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the way that you have led us. And I pray a blessing upon every person, upon every ministry point, every measure of identity that you've given. And I pray that as we go through these fall, winter months, we emerge into this new year, that it will be a, uh, a continuing pathway of, of victory. Help us to hear your voice and to continue to be led by you. Don't let us miss you. And don't let us take pathways that will lead us away from what you want. I speak blessing. I speak healing. Touch people today, Lord. You're hearing the sound of my voice right now, and you have a need in your body. Just place your hand in that area that most represents the challenge that you're facing. Father, I pray, I declare that your power will move through that touch point now. I extend my hand through the power of your Spirit across the miles, To those who need your touch, set them free. Set them free in Jesus' name and encourage them. And I thank you for this. Provide what is needed in other areas of our lives. Encourage your people. There's a great work yet to be done, and we must be ready, willing, and able and enabled. So we bless the saints. And above all things, we lift our heart with our hands and we tell you how much we love and appreciate you. you. You, Only you could weave our lives through all the ups and downs and crazy turns to this point and allow us to know you in this way. Let us not fail to take full advantage of this glorious gift that you've given to us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thanks for joining today. God bless you. There'll be a prayer primer tomorrow evening. And uh, keep watching. Lots of other cool things coming up very soon. Until Sunday, God bless and goodbye.